we prepare to hear Holy Scripture this morning, I invite you to join me in our prayer of illumination. The words are found in your bulletin, and in one voice let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit, that as the Scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. So this morning, we have two scripture passages that I will share for you. My apologies, Mr. George, because I think you have the NRSV. I'll be reading from the Pew Bible, the Common English Translation. It's all good. So I'm going to invite you to turn to page 259 in the Pew Bible if you would like to follow along. I'll be reading from Deuteronomy this morning. Thank you. Make sure I read the right passage. I think I'm reading 15 to 20. Does that sound right? Okay, perfect. Hear now these words. Look here. Today I've set before you life and what's good versus death and what's wrong. If you obey the Lord, your God's commandments that I'm commanding you right now by loving the Lord, your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments, his regulations and his case laws, then you will live and thrive. And the Lord, your God, will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and so are misled, worshiping other gods and serving them. I'm telling you right now that you will definitely die. You will not prolong your life on the fertile land that you are crossing the Jordan River to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth as my witnesses against you right now. I have set life and death, blessing and curse before you. Now choose life. So that you and your descendants will live by loving the Lord, your God, by obeying his voice and by clinging to him. That's how you will survive and live long on the fertile land. The Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Our second scripture reading comes to us from the gospel according to Matthew. I'll be reading from the fifth chapter, starting with verse 21 to 37. I want to orient you to remind you that this is part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is teaching. And last week we talked a little bit about how Jesus was actually teaching his closest, the disciples that were nearest sitting to him. And yet these words were heard by the larger crowd and remember to whom Jesus was teaching. You have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't commit murder. And all who commit murder will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. If they say to their brother or sister, you idiot, they will be in danger of being condemned by the governing council. And if they say, you fool, they will be in danger of fiery hell. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First, make things right with your brother and sister and then come back 
and offer your gift. Be sure to make friends quickly with your opponents while you are with them on the way to court. Otherwise, they will haul you before the judge. The judge will turn you over to the officer of the court and you will be thrown into prison. I say to you, in all seriousness, that you won't get out of there until you've paid the very last penny. You have heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I say to you that every man who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to fall into sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better that you lose a part of your body than that your whole body can be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to fall into sin, chop it off and throw it away. It's better that you lose a part of your body than that your whole body go into hell. It was said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a divorce certificate. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife except for sexual unfaithfulness forces her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, Don't make a false, solemn pledge, but you should follow through on what you have pledged to the Lord. But I say to you that you must not pledge at all. You must not pledge by heaven because it's God's throne. You must not pledge by the earth because it's God's footstool. You must not pledge by Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. And you must not pledge by your head because you can't turn one hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Friends, these are the words of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. Now, I'm going to be quite honest with you. That is one packed passage of scripture. How do you even begin to understand the context for us today and and things that honestly are quite relevant even now as they were when Jesus spoke those words before? So will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, on this Sunday morning where we are wrestling with hard scripture, allow your Holy Spirit to flow through us. Allow our hearts to be open and our ears to hear what you would have us hear this day. May the words of my mouth and the collective meditations of our hearts, may they point to you, to your glory only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So for those um, who may not uh, know, I meet with a group of individuals every Monday morning by Zoom, and we read lectionary text. Not all churches do, but most follow the revised common lectionary, which is a three-year cycle. They give you the option of an Old Testament passage, a psalm, a gospel text, and an epistle reading, with the idea that you read hopefully about 80% of scripture over the course of three years. But of course, it's pastor's choice. And what did pastor need to choose this morning? One of the hardest passages to wrestle with. So let us go back and pay close attention because I want you to pay attention to the patterns in our reading of scripture this morning. 
You have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't commit murder. And then if you go a little bit farther, it says, but I say to you, that's Jesus interpreting this law. We hear again, you have heard it was said, don't commit adultery. And then we hear Jesus say, but I say to you. And in the next section, it was said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a divorce certificate. But I say to you. And it hearkens to when these rules were given on Mount Sinai through Moses by God in this great cloud and there was thunder and people could not discern exactly what God was saying. But Moses then brought the law to the people in order to order their life together as God's chosen people. We know these as the Ten Commandments. And it did give them structure and it did give them purpose. And if we look at the Ten Commandments very closely, the first few of them really speaks to the relationship between humanity and God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. You shall not create idols. You will keep the Sabbath. And then the other ones relate to humanity to humanity relationships. Honor your mother and your father. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not covet the possessions of others. Do not murder. We see these as what we would consider very basic laws. Of course, we also know that in their time together and their wanderings around, what began as 10 laws of Moses becomes 600 and something odd rules and regulations for this religious community, almost so much that they are so bound and tied up into the rules and policies that sometimes it can distract from the intent behind the law. The intent behind the law is to love God Love one another. And that is what we hear from God and particularly through Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. That he begins to teach us anew and we know that Jesus is not here and he says it himself. I am not here to abolish the law and the prophets. Rather, I am here to fulfill them. That we see that the intent of the law of God is realized through the life and witness of Jesus. That Jesus is taking these words of, well, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Giving us a Jesus perspective, a Jesus lens in which to better understand the teachings. And now these are hard, particularly in times when we see that the idyllic uh, family unit no longer exists, right? Two parents that can sustain and have the 2.4 children or whatever that might be, that is not our reality. And that is okay because the family that you have right now is your family. 
And you are honored because you are who you are if you are in right relationship with God. But what I hear from scripture this morning is that this reimagining, this reinterpretation, this embodiment of the law of God through the life of Jesus is one that points to something that we are all to choose, and that is to choose life. That is to choose to be close to God. That is to choose to be close to one another. That is to choose to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. That is to choose the way that leads to what God intended for us, which is full reconciliation of all relationships and all of creation. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Choose life. Because God does give the option. Choose life or death, blessing or curse. But we are called, friends, to choose life. Because life is one that follows in the path and teachings of Jesus. It is being mindful, as Pastor Amy said, of those who are in great need to give up the religious rules of the day and to embody love, humility, mercy, and grace. It's not always easy for us to do because these rules we can say are, by, by on it, these are the rules. Which then means that that often can put us into a position of being able to judge other people by those rules about whether or not they adhere to them. You hear what I'm saying? That oftentimes we use these rules as a way of judgment of others, of holding on to things that might further separate us. And I'm telling you right now that your separation from one another is also separation from God, and that is how we understand sin. So today, on this rainy, cold February morning, you have a choice to hear the law of God reinterpreted and reimagined through Jesus, to love God, to love one another as you are called to love yourself, and to be mindful of those yet to experience that love for themselves. That is life. That is the freedom that God gives us. Yes, follow the rules, but more importantly, be kind, be courteous, be non-judgmental. My goodness, take the log out of your own eye before you point out the splinter in someone else's. Let your choice to follow Jesus be visible into the world. Because I'm going to tell you a truth. Your life depends on it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.